It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I'm here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are joined right now by humanitarian, author, journalist, Zainab Salbi. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Oh, it's so great to be with you. Thank you for having me. Good, Good morning. morning to you. No, we're we're thrilled to have this conversation. You um, you founded Women for Women International, which is an organization that helps women survivors of conflicts. I went to a Women for Women International event years ago, um, pre-pandemic, but not too pre-pandemic, probably 2017, 2018. And it was one of those experiences that utterly changed me. I saw women doing the coolest things in the face of the most adversity. And it was just so incredible to be in a group that had like stood up to the actual devil and tried to help each other out. Um, so thank you for creating that organization. And and I'd, I'd love to, to ask you in this particular moment where, you know, where we are looking at, at people who are right now surviving conflicts, like how are how are you seeing um, the plight of women specifically playing out in, in Ukraine? Like, what, what, what do you want to see more of? What should we all know? Well, first of all, thank you for all you said. I am a huge believer uh, of the power of women. When we get together, we get things done. I mean, I really just know it. The resilience in women, the strength in women, the unity in women is has been the most inspiring story of my life. Um, and, you know, I think to answer your question about Ukraine and about all other wars, to be honest, you know, it's frustrating. It's an ever frustrating process for me that women continue to be portrayed only as victims mm -hmm. and which they are. Right. I mean, we are, you know, women are women and children are 70 percent of refugees in the world. They are impacted the most in a humanitarian crisis. It is all true but they're not merely victims. They are strong. They keep life going in the midst of war. They keep their kids in school. They keep education going. They keep the medical system going. They keep the economy going. I mean, it's. I feel like every time there is a war, we address it only as men see it, which mm. is not untrue. It's just half of the story, which is about what fighting and the war and the military and the politicians and all of that. And we never or rarely talk as how women experience and see war, which is about how to keep life going. Because you know what? You still fall in love in war and you still get divorced in war. You still have birthday parties in war and you still have to go to school and to and to um, hospitals. And, and that's that's backline this discussion of war that back that keeping life going is a women's stories and we don't talk enough about it and so we don't include women in in any discussion of war or peace and i believe that unless and until we fully include how women see war and peace and we fully include women at the negotiating table it's really hard to have lasting peace in any war or in any any peace negotiation including what's going on right now with ukraine yeah. I mean, one of the things that you said that is so, so, um, so critical, and I think about this a lot, is how how life life does still continue. Right. So I think in, in particularly when it comes to um, Ukraine over the past month, there have been so many people who, you know, on the ground who have told reporters, you know, 
they were completely blindsided and shocked by the, the the invasion in and of itself. And like the day before, we're just like living their regular life and, you know, watching Netflix or whatever, you know, they were doing with their life. Right. They they were just living their life. And then in the blink of an eye, it became really different. Um, and I've been focused and paying such close attention to to what women are doing, because I think it's so critically important that we understand that. Everything we we do talk about when it comes to war is through the lens of men. <laughs> like, what weapons? Like, I read an article the other day. It was like, kamikaze drones. I was like, I need to get out of this, like, genre of article where we're, like, nicknaming the bombs that were dry. Like, I need to, like, you know, talk about something else or read about something else. Can you, can you sort of um, help us understand the, the sort of spectrum um, when it comes to women – in this specific conflict, because this is one of those conflicts where you have women making sure that life goes on, right? The birthday parties and all the things continue to happen, but also uniquely in the situation in Ukraine, their military is a larger percentage of women than the American military. Like their, their military um, has a lot of women who are active in, in combat. So you have just so much representation in Ukraine specifically. Um, how are how are the women uniquely shaping um you know what we've seen unfold not just both um in terms of the resilience and the heart that the people have shown in defending their democracy but also um you know giving us a window into the suffering making sure um that we know what they need i mean i've talked to so many women members of the parliament I haven't actually talked to any of the men on the part in the parliament. I'm sure they exist, but it's the women who are like, this is what we need. <laughs> so um, I feel like it, they're uniquely positioned as leaders, both in, in the fight where we normally only talk about the men stuff and also to the piece that you opened with it, which is the life going on piece. Yeah. I mean, Ukrainian woman and I specifically and and as as I said I mean I worked with some in so many wars you know actually I grew up in war and I lived in war and I worked in wars for the last 30 years of my life right and it's there are similar patterns that you see right it's uh, and Ukrainian women are demonstrating that pattern a they are not mere victims as I said earlier they are on the front lines doing what they need to do. In this case, they are fighting. In other cases, they are in the front line supplying, mm -hmm. you know, water, food, uh, medical services, all of these things, right? So that's one thing. There are lots of stories. I mean, these are some things that a lot of women's groups in America are supporting, including Women for Women International, Vital Voices, and others. They are like women and think about that women are not only thinking about themselves they're also thinking about the the immigrants who are in ukraine right mm. so they are like a lot of african immigrants or asian immigrants they're women shelters who are ukrainian women who are organizing shelters and organizing organizing evacuation for these immigrants because they know they are more vulnerable uh, they're even more vulnerable than the ukrainians right because people are not allowing them in because they're of color and so you know so they are thinking about all aspects of life not only in the front line fighting but also thinking about all the marginalized communities within their own countries and their own societies and dealing with that and you know if anything they're asking help for like they're saying don't give us help only on this 
or only in this, give us help in all of in all of these issues, not only food, not only water, but also actually how do we help other immigrants in our countries leave and go into safety? I mean, this is the depth of women's unity and the depth of women's mm. understanding of what goes on in war. And it's honestly, it's, it's been a consistent story for me, right? You know, recently I was part of the evacuation efforts of Afghan women and a group of, you know, and I saw how American women, Afghan women, European women got together and led to the evacuation of 1,200 women from out of Afghanistan into safety, right? Right now I'm engaged in climate change with Daughters for Earth and Rebel Girls and trying to show, and not trying, showing how women are rolling up their sleeves and getting the job done as it relates to climate change and the safety and protection of our uh, earth. It's a consistent story of unity and of getting the job done and a consistent story of marginalization of their voices and frankly, marginalization of resources. So you don't see us not only not talking about women's perspective of this war in Ukraine or other wars, you don't see us putting that much money into the hands of women either. Like the focus is how much right. military support we can give as opposed to how much efforts that we can give women to support their humanitarian effort within the country and outside the country. And so it's, a, and, 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 you know, just to put, you know, amounts into it, like just to, in the humanitarian world, for example, women get 10 cents, 10 cents out of every dollar that goes to humanitarian efforts. In the humanitarian right? world, we're not talking yeah. about venture capital funding here. No, no, right? no, no, no. In the climate <laughs> change movement, right? In the climate change world, and right now, all of my, most of my uh, efforts are focused on women in climate change. Women get two cents, two cents out of every dollar that goes to environmental justice. So that, you know, marginalization, <laughs> it's like ridiculous, right? Like in, in, in 2022, where we're talking about women power, celebrating Women's Month, all of that, the story keeps on repeating itself. And I'm like, at this point, it's like, show me the money. Really, you know, <laughs> right. you know, yes. you know, show me the money because until and unless we really put more money into the hands of women, really include 50% of any decision making discussions, uh, women, right? Until we really do that, then all of these talks and celebration about Women's Month and the power of women are just talks. We need deliveries. And until the, until men, frankly, deliver that, you know, we are doing it also ourselves in terms of putting our resources together and saying, okay, let's get the job done, whether in the war in the Ukraine or whether it is in climate change and what's the urgency that is needed mm. for Mother Earth. So we love the Rebel Girls series. Yep. Um, it's just some absolutely fantastic books for young people, older people, like all of the people. This one is about climate warriors and you and and Daughters for Earth, which is a, another amazing organization that you have co-founded. Um, you've provided actions that girls can take to help with climate change, like to help climate change mitigation, to help fight climate change on their own. Can you talk a little bit about that? And and it feels like it feels like climate change is so big and it requires all of the powers that be to to use massive levers to stop us careening into the sun. And you're saying that actually individual choices do have some value in this enormous fight. Not some value, a lot of value, actually. Mm -hmm. And and I came to discover that, to be honest, because I'm a women's rights activist. I'm not a climate expert. I'm not a scientist, right? But I was approached by several people and saying there is a gap in engaging women and talking with women in the climate discussion. So can you help us? 
you know, figure it out. How do we engage women? So I really went into a very curious journey of talking to women and understanding what's going on. And here's what I realized, right? This is facts, again, not talked about, right? According to the UN, women are impacted the most by climate crisis, you know, displacement, security, all of that, right? One. Second, according to scientific research done by organizations like One Earth, they are there are three main things that we need to do. We all collectively need to do in order to help our earth, right? One is to protect and preserve 50% of earth. Uh, the second one is re- shift to re- regenerative agriculture, which means that we put good in the earth as much as we take good out of the earth, right? <laughs> you know. And the third one is shift to renewable energy. Now, the first two, protecting and, and uh, our earth and protecting and preserving earth, as well as regenerative agriculture, women are leading already these efforts. Mm-hmm. You know, they are on the front line, they are protecting the land, they are trying to protect biodiversity coming back into the land, which means wild animals and wild flowers and wild uh, plants coming back into the land. They are already doing regenerative agriculture, but no one is talking about them. No one is mentioning them. And all the focus that we all hear here on climate discussion has to do with technology and with big industries doing that which is i don't want to touch that because it's not it's not that it's wrong it's just that the sustainable solution that is right in front of us and it is accessible to each one of us is not talked about that is not a doomsday scenario we actually can change situations and we all individuals can do that right then i went and talked to women and what i learned is indeed no one is talking with women because all the discussion of climate change is talking to corporations and to governments. No one is talking. And women are very frustrated saying, what the heck? You know, talk with us. We need to do something. We want to do something. And so what we did, and this is a partnership between Daughters for Earth, and um, which is a fund I co-founded, as well as um, Rebel Girls, which is a book about featuring climate warriors. These are women who are already doing things right and women who are already making change like this is real change and viable change and and and, and it's something that we all can do from an indigenous woman in ecuador who basically fought her government from you know uh, succumbing seven million acres to oil company to extract oil from her land to uh, you know greta thunberg which we all know who brought it into the limelight with her rage about uh, all the hypocrisy that policymakers are doing on climate change right so it's all you can do activists, you can do change. But for the girls who are seven to nine years old, as you know, the ones who are addressed at Rebel Girls, you, we, and not only them, we all can do something. For example, this is something that I just get excited about because I recently (laughs) learned, right? I mean, we, you know, buy local flowers, use the weeds, local weeds. And now we have spring coming out, right? We all buy all these imported flowers. This actually has a lot of impact on carbon and on, you know, footprints and all of these things, right? Local, I start shifting my behavior into buying local flowers and cutting the weeds and making them into decorations and looking into beauty, into what in my small part of the world, you know, provides, right? Recycle clothes. We always buy, buy, buy. It's a very consumer economy, right? Recycle clothes and make new clothes out of it, right? 
eat more vegetables. They are basic things, you know, and I'm not against, although I am vegan personally, but I'm not against people eating meat as much as we need to eat more, but, you know, we need to shift from out of uh, the cow industries, not because of cows themselves, but because how we are producing meat and into more vegetables. They are small actions that every girl can do. And frankly, every woman can do. And it's our behavior actions. Now, of course, we invite every woman and girl and daughter to be, and all genders, to be part of Daughters for Earth and join us to be part of this fund to put more money and more attention into the hands of women who are fighting for Earth. But also we can do it in our behavior and our how we eat, how we buy for clothes, buy clothes, how we garden, how we decorate our homes, the small things that we actually all do and they do make a difference. It's not what we're told about that it's only about big te technologies. It is things that we can indeed do and make a difference. I mean, I, I, I love this so much because I think we're, we're, we're eighties babies. So we grew up in the, like, you can recycle and save the world, um, era right. of sort of climate activism. Like that, that was what we grew up with. And I always remember being a, a young girl and being like, you know, I really don't think this is going to solve it. Um, I feel like this, you know, it felt like the small things that I was doing as an individual didn't compound um with everyone else to sort of you know protect the ozone or whatever we were focused on back then um Acid rain <laughs> right like we were, we were it was different different concerns um but i love i love the reframing and thinking about the ways that individually we can be innovative right and do things that are better for for um for the planet more sustainable um but it's not like a I don't know, it feels more positive a frame than, you know, you really should be recycling, which I felt was like very shaming, right? Because I, I think mm -hmm. like there, you, you, certainly there's, there's, you, you need like a recycling bin, you need an area, like there, there's certain things that you have to have in place, um, you know, to abide by those strictures that we grew up with. Um, talk about this new generation of, of, of young people and how, uh, we talked earlier in the show this morning about how many of the issues that we talk about these days, they're not like, oh, it would be nice to do something about climate change to make the world a better place. Like, that's not this generation's perspective on this issue. This is a existential. This is life and death. This is sustainability um, in a more visceral way than, you know, like sustainability in terms of, you know, making sure that you have um, – you know, enough, or, you know, special organic or, you know, vegetables. It's not that. It's like actually just being able to sustain growing any vegetables at all or any any <laughs> food products at all to, you know, feed the population. Um, can you talk about why, um, you know, the energy um, – we, we, we should just all sort of adopt that mindset that, like, we can all do something positive and proactive – um, and, and get out of the mindset that I think a lot of us grew up with, which is like, we think about sort of saving the planet and like the little green triangle and recycling, which is just like an old way of even thinking about this issue at all. Well, I mean, you're so right because I mean, it, I'm, it's not, I'm saying it as a, in a positive way. It is actually, I mean, this is scientific research, right? They're saying it is possible 
to do something about climate change in a very real way, right? Mm -hmm. And when I say, for example, protect and preserve the earth, right? You know, I mean, it means that we really need, you know, the plots of land we have or wherever we live. I mean, you know, every country, we need to preserve part of the land. You know, we actually, you know, Daughters for Earth and uh, One Earth had mapped you know, the, the earth is so beautiful. I encourage everyone to go and do it. Map the earth in according to biogeography. In other words, not nation borders. This is America. This is Mexico. This is Canada. It's more about how one would see earth from afar and where are the areas that we all need to protect in the earth, regardless of national boundaries. It's so beautiful, right? right? So that protection and preserving is possible for all of us. You know, some people, I live in rural areas, right? You know, not in the city. So I have dedicated part of a small, my small plot of land and saying, I'm not going to touch this and I'm going to let the old weeds and all the old animals come to it and do whatever they want to do. Same thing in my small garden, right? I'm not going to put any chemistry, chemics in it and, and, and poison in it. I'm just going to recycle, not only recycle, do my compost and do my, these are small things things that we each can do, you know, my clothes, right? When I go to a shop, I ask people, did you, how did you treat, you know, the people who made it? Did you buy it organically? Did you buy from small farmers? It was that, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you make everyone think and be part of the solutions. And this is, I think this is, this is reality. We can do something about it. We are doing something about it. As a matter of fact, shifting from buying, you know, chemically uh, grown agriculture to regenerative agriculture is possible. This is possibly the only optimistic climate change segment we have (laughs) ever ever done. done. And I am incredibly grateful for this. So, So Rebel Girls Climate Warriors is the book if you want to learn more about how you can contribute to the excellent work that is already being done by women. Um, and people so of all genders all over this globe. Zainab Salbi, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It has been just delightful to talk to you. Thank you. And I do encourage everyone to get Trouble Girls and go to Daughters for Earth and celebrate all the daughters of this world who are doing something for our Earth. I love it. Thank, thank you, you so too. much. We'll be back tomorrow with another Signal Boost podcast. Thanks for listening.